Okay, welcome everybody to episode I can't remember uh, half of the podcast. It's been quite a while since I've done one of these, mainly because I felt like I'd done so much over the period of maybe eight or nine weeks that I was just sick of talking. I was sick of hearing my own voice and editing my own voice. I've been re-inspired to pick it back up a little bit. Um, I'm doing a lot of online shifting about um, remove, or I have removed, or I will have, have removed my Facebook by the time this comes out. Instagram is going pretty quickly after that as well. So I, I would definitely advise people to sign up to my newsletter on my website. This will kind of keep you in the loop of everything that I'm doing from a video perspective, from an article perspective, the newest podcasts, my events, my free webinars that I do quite often as well. So just to let everyone know, my main home online is awakenedintent.com and everything is going to come from that avenue. So to kick off this week's podcast, uh, Jesper, maybe you remember him, he's back. He has his own podcast in Sweden and he got in contact with me wanting to record another one, another one of these, which I just assume means that he wants me to answer more of his own individual and personal questions. So this is his way around having to pay for coaching. <laughs> Call me, man. I, I, I get you. I'm on to you. I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> well, you know, I could just do a podcast with him. He, he thinks it's an interview. <laughs> All right. How are you? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing very fine. Well, obviously, I'm not perfect since I have a bunch of questions for you, but um, I'm doing much better than in a long time. So that's nice. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, in your own time, you can, you know, you can start this in whatever way you'd like to. Nice. Yeah, I have, a, as usual, a bunch of questions that I've, I have, like a notebook that I have asked Chris, and then I have a bunch of questions here. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm just going to go for it. What, what feels where I want to start. Um, we could actually start with, I, I've been trying to get you to like, to introduce you to some of my friends and or like talk about things you you teach and um, it's um, it's pretty hard for them to grasp it and understand it and um, mm-hmm. I uh, I guess my I could tell you a little backstory about we saw a documentary called Kumara I don't know if you've seen that one I have seen it it's about the guy who pretends to be a guru right exactly he pretends tricks everybody yeah it's like i have blue light energy and then a bunch of people comes to him and they like oh we changed my life forever and Mm. that's what my my friends think you are they kind of think (laughs) another guru a lot of life (laughs) i love that that's awesome (laughs) yeah i mean maybe it's awesome it's funny that you think it's awesome but i'm And I want to like... Um, I'm, I'm laughing, by the way, because if I was one of them or one of your friends, I would think the same thing about me, if that makes sense. Like, people shouldn't believe what I say until they first really 
apply it mm. so they actually know it and see it and experience it to be true for themselves. So I invite skepticism. I actually want people to be skeptic because it means I'm dealing with the, a higher form of intelligence. When a person isn't willing to just consume everything that's dropped in front of them. And one of the differences in the way that I work, most of my work is based on the experience of the work. So whether that's energy work uh, or whether that's mentoring with men, the person will, from a physical and energetic standpoint, their body will respond to it. So they don't even have a choice once the energy starts moving. Um, that's really why I implore and I invite the skeptics to kind of come my way because, you know, I put my hands in them or I engage with them, you know, they'll they'll realize that what's happening is actually happening. But yeah, I, I always want people to question absolutely everything. Hmm. Cool. But anyway, I, I interrupted you as you were. I just want I, mean, I guess <laughs> that was kind of you kind of said what I wanted to hear, but but um I don't really know what I was going to ask with that. Maybe just how can I, is there any way to, because I love my friends so much, but sometimes it's hard to be with them when they get to like very unconscious. They just talk all the time. They drink, they, they like, they're, they're amazing, but they're very energetic and very unconscious at times. And uh, so, so I get very drained uh, myself when I'm being with them for, for a longer period of time. And I would like for them to maybe to introduce them in a way where it doesn't sound like I am just like, Oh, but dude, just like feel the water, feel the, feel the food you're eating, man. It's amazing. And you're like, dude, shut the fuck up with your hippie bullshit. So maybe is there like a more, you've been doing this for such a long time. So maybe you can explain it in a way that's easier for people who've never had anything to do with spirituality to understand. So from my perspective, I'm I'm never attempting to force what I do or how I see the world or how I relate with life onto anybody. The only time I'll really open my mouth is if somebody comes to me mm. and asks me. So, you know, your friends may not be open and they may go, you know, go away with that hippie bullshit. There's a number of things that you would have to engage with, such as are these the types of individuals that enhance my life and that make me feel good and that are holding me accountable? Are we holding each other accountable for being more conscious and more aware in our lives? None of this needs to have anything to do with hippie bullshit. You know, you take a look at me, I don't look anything like a hippie. I don't engage with anybody like a hippie. I'm just very matter-of-fact about stuff. So... Maybe even how you're sharing what I do with them is not an accurate um, reflection of what I'm actually doing because I don't get people responding to me and what I do like that because I'm always delivering it to somebody at the level that I know they will be receptive to the work. So I'm not instantly going to go and talk to someone who has no understanding of energy or who is totally pro-science. I'm not going to go and talk to them immediately about you know, bringing somebody into 
orgasm over the phone or being in oneness with other people. I'm not even going to talk to them about chakras. I'm not going to mention the word because I know that as soon as I mention one of those words, that person walls off. So now I can't engage with them from the place that they're currently residing at. Mm. This is the art form of the work that I do because everyone that comes to me is in a different place. So this has been something on top of what I do that I've had to kind of navigate over time and figure out. How can I deliver my message to the place where that person is residing at right now? And as they start to drop deeper into the work and they start to experience more of what I'm guiding them to, then I can start bringing up more um, more types of concepts or understandings that previously they would have totally been closed off to. Or I just get them to come into a retreat or a room or a place where I'm doing energy work and they see that and they're like, what the fuck did I just see? And then they listen to whatever I say. Mm. That's just been my experience. But for you being around people who are not interested in or about the same things that you are about, it can almost be like you're just kind of wasting your time banging your head against the wall, hoping that they change for you and for themselves. But realistically, it's for you first because you'd like them to be more conscious so you can be around people who are more interested and inclined to the things that you have interest in because it will also support you on your process. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. You answered it. Um, and I think that what I got from it was that I'm, I'm never going to try to force anyone to change um, or to force a belief or anything onto them. Just live in the way I want to live. And then if people want to, people like that, then they will automatically hang out with me, you know. You got to be it. You don't need to say much once you're being it. You can talk to a person all day about how to be relaxed, or you could just be relaxation in front of them. Yeah. And that'll do more. Yeah. I feel though as if I would, if I would only be with people who are extremely aware all the time, there wouldn't be many people for me to be around or any of my old friends. And sure. I don't have a, really have a problem with that, with people being unconscious. I think that can be pretty funny to see people like just running around making fart noises and being. But that, see, that's the thing. That's that's not unconscious. No, maybe it's not. But <laughs> There's no. nothing unconscious. I'm I, I bounce around like a child a lot of the time. You know, yes. I'm always in that state of play. Not always, but. You know, I'm in no way I'm the way I am on all these podcasts and on my videos all the time. I also can feel what you mean when you say what you say. Yeah, well, that's, you can maybe, because that's how I feel usually when I am with my friends. Like we can go out, like it was snowing the other day and we took up a snowball and started throwing it at each other and laughing like little kids and just having a blast. But I wasn't being aware of my 
feet against the floor. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't being aware of, of, of my body that much. I was just being in the, in the, in the play, in the game, you know, and is that being unconscious from your perspective? It's just a different form of it, but you're certainly not going to be as present as you would have been. And I'm only basing that sentence on the fact that you said what you said, that I wasn't aware of my body or my feet or you were kind of caught up in it. Now you can be very focused within the moment, like a rock climber who's just about to fall to his death you know, he's not going to be thinking, okay, I got to drop my breath. I have to be in my feet. No, he's so in the moment that he is just totally clung onto the experience. He becomes the experience. That's real presence. That's real consciousness where you start to become the experience. The feeling your feet and feeling your body, these are just little tools in order to re-establish the connection between your body, your spirit, the energy, the, the currency that's moving through you. So you can heal that bond. So once you heal that bond, then you can do things such as <laughs> throwing snowballs. And while you're doing that, all you're aware of is how orgasmic and blissed out your body is feeling. Exactly. You don't have to focus on a certain point exactly. in your body. Yeah, it that's begins to take over. Once the energy has already filled and re-nourished and kind of re-established life in the areas of you that you have previously walked away from. But this is why going slow is important. Because when you go fast, you lose yourself at the beginning. Once you've re-established yourself and you've re-embodied yourself, and being present and feeling your spirit, your energy, your currency moving through you, then you can go faster and stay present with it. It's almost like if you go too fast, you lose yourself. But the more you begin to acquire internally from an energetic standpoint, the quicker you can go if you want to, and you don't lose yourself. It's a process of aliveness. But saying that... I always, I'm, I'm like a snail. <laughs> um, I could go fast if I wanted to, but, you know, for the most part, nothing in me wants to go fast. Yeah. But the option is there. But don't, don't kind of ruin your own moments. You're like, no. fuck, I was playing with the snowball and having fun, but I wasn't being on my body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because yeah, that's I, I really like like playing soccer and, and stuff like football and, mm-hmm. and I don't really feel like I'm being I'm just like I can go out like on a big field and just shoot my ball <laughs> my the football and uh, and be very blissed out and in the moment by doing that but I'm not really aware of mm-hmm. of my breath when I while I'm doing that but it, I'm as your consciousness, as your energy begins to increase, you will be aware of your breath at all times and your body at all times and the processes that are going on in you and 
what form of your nervous system is firing off and whether or not it's releasing a specific type of hormone in your body and whether you're parasympathetic or you're sympathetic is being more active right now. You'll become aware of all the corners corners of yourself. That sounds insane to me right now. but Because you can call on it. You can speak to your nervous system and you can literally direct it to do different things, to release different hormones. This is what people fail to, to get. Hmm. Same with ejaculation. People with premature ejaculation from a male perspective. The man can speak to his prostate. The man can speak to his penis. The man can retrain it from an energetic response standpoint. Your body is just a, an energetic matrix with a lot of circuits and a lot of different vortexes, just like the earth and you know, different countries, different places on the planet are, are substantial vortexes. Your body is the same. It's got different vortexes in different places. And these vortexes engage with external vortexes in the, the earth and the planet around you, your environment. So there's always an interplay. There's always an interchange happening. Mm. But as you start to get more conscious and more present, you can start to really be in it and see it for what it is without losing yourself when, I don't know, the doorbell rings or someone calls your phone. You only get back what you put in. It always comes down to your level of commitment to whatever it is that you're looking to experience more of. So you can be present for 20 minutes twice a day and you'll get something from that. Or you can commit yourself to being present from the moment you get up in the morning till the moment you go to bed at night. And you'll also get back what you put into that, which is going to be a hell of a lot more. Mm. You'll see some things in the 20 minutes sitting meditation where you'll see a lot in the 16 hours of moving through your life watching yourself. You will really see how you shovel your shit. But it's, it's confronting and people don't really want to be confronted by anybody, let alone themselves. Because <laughs> at the beginning, it almost feels like confrontation. Where all of a sudden you want to run away from your feeling. But you're like, nope, I got to stay in this. And then the feeling gets bigger. And you get even more tense and more tight and more overwhelmed. And then the panic sets in. So I totally honor individuals who, who are willing to commit to, to being with all aspects of themselves. Yeah. As I know, it's, it's, not, it's simple, but it's not easy. And it's, and it's even more important for women from a physical felt sense place. You know, she, if anybody here really needs to, to be in commune with the intuitive forces, it, you know, it's women. It has to be women. I'm not saying men don't. Men, ideally, in a perfect existence, then all the men are totally embodied in the way of the woman as well. Because for me, that's the most powerful part. 
of everything when a man can come to that place. But just from the process of that internal, spiritual, connective work, the women really, really need to allow themselves to come back into their body and, and allow themselves to, to process through healing, through letting go, through re-softening. And a man learning to be present with a woman as she's going to those places will actually assist him in doing his own healing work. Because a man heals via his ability to stay present in the face of whatever is coming up. I went totally off tangent. <laughs> People need to stop me because I'll, I'll keep going. No, it's nice to just hear you talk. It's, um, it seems very natural to you, to, for you to do this. But um, I would like that you went into the subject of, of women too. Because I mentioned before we started recording this that I have some, some girl problems. Mm -hmm. And... I talked, you know, just to my friends, called them up and was like, hey, man, girl problems. What, what can I do? And I asked them this question and all of them are like, dude, I have no fucking clue what you're going to do. This is <laughs> I'm like, okay, so maybe Chris has an answer for this. Possibly. So, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's a girl that I used to date and now we... Then we stopped dating because I was being too needy with her, you know? Is it somebody that you used to know? Exactly. It's someone that I that I used to know and that I've I've been seeing, like, but she's just quite been ignoring me for the past half year because I was yeah, I was being very needy when we when we dated and she didn't like that. And uh, then she just, last weekend, she just came up to me and kissed me. She was a bit drunk. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And then she had sex with me. And then she called me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We got to look at the wording here. <laughs> it's like, well, were you even involved in it? <laughs> like she came up and she kissed me. And then, yes, she, you know, and then she had sex to me, on me. <laughs> I presume you were also involved in the situation of the lovemaking here. I was involved. I loved it. It was great. Okay, good. Yeah, so let me continue my story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she dragged out, kissed me, we went back to her place, we had sex, and then the other, the other day she called me again and we went to her place and we had sex again. Mm -hmm. And then she told me, just so you know, I don't like you at all emotionally i just think you're extremely attractive and i was like hmm okay well i i really like you i want you to like me and i started getting insecure and she just wants to have sex with me but i want i want to have that emotional connection too where we can like talk about stuff and hang out and not just have sex but she doesn't want that and that's making me very insecure and i don't know if i should continue meeting her Because I told her this and she's like, it's up to you. We can get in this fuck, but I don't want to have anything else to do with you than that. So it's a hard situation because when I meet her, I kind of feel bad because I don't feel fulfilled. But I love the sex. It's the best sex of my life. So I'm in the situation where I don't know if it's good for me to meet her or not. Well, by the sounds of what she's saying to you, Really, all she needs is just a pretty dildo. So ideally, you would allow her to replace you with a pretty dildo. Because that woman in no way, shape or form within her relating with you 
wants to feel anything of depth internally within herself. Wow. Because, actually, pardon? No, she actually told me that, that she doesn't know herself and she can't really feel anything. She's very close up emotionally, so it's interesting. That she's yeah, but she's going to find it very, very hard because every time she lays down with a guy just to fuck, she totally disacknowledges her own female energy. She totally disacknowledges her own heart. And what she does is, and it's, it's really unfortunate because this is the way so many young women are having sex, and even women of all ages. She's having sex in a way that's numbing her and making her more and more detached from herself and making her more and more hurt and abusing her more and more every time. Hmm. And you're not abusing her. She's abusing herself via you. Because if a woman lays down with a man and she is not connected from heart, vagina, if there's no love connected to her sex, then the sex is going to be internally energetically traumatic and injure injurious is that a word injurious <laughs> injurious towards it's going to injure her and i know this because every week i have women come in to see me and this has been their train of engagement when it comes to sex men relating the fascia the tissue all of it just closes right up tightens right up the heart creates a gigantic wall around it the chest drops the shoulders curl over it so the whole posturing even starts to close in on the heart because it's protecting the heart mm. so what i would say is firstly as a man you got to look at you know what are you okay with for me if a woman's like just put your dick in me and fuck me as she says she just needs to get a deal, though, because I'm not looking for that. If I'm going to be there with her, I want to make love to her. And making love to her will really demand feeling from her part. She'll have to not be afraid to feel all her insecurities, all her fears, all her uncomfortability in her body and her different places within her. And also, she needs to be okay to start letting it come up in her letting her tears come up, letting her sadness, her pain, yeah, all of that come up, knowing that the man is there for her, with her, present. Yeah, I could add something, though, to this, that she told me that she, she, she's been trying to have sex with other guys since we, she had sex with me, and she doesn't really enjoy that. And she says she's never, ever had any anyone touch me the way I touched her and have sex with her in the way I do, because I'm, I'm doing it extremely consciously and slowly and... Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that might be a reason why she's continuing coming back to me because she can't really go back to the old fucking habits that she used to have because I am well, very, very loving with her and I'm, I'm like touching her for hours before we have sex and I'm exactly. like... Exactly, because she's coming to you for the thing that she doesn't know where exists inside of herself. She's coming to you for her own femininity because you're bringing the love the one thing that is of her nature to bring, that she is too afraid to bring. Yeah. So she can go to another guy who's just 
all, yeah, baby, lay down, let's fuck. <laughs> but because she knows how much you adore her, regardless of the pain or the confusion that she's going through or the fear or the uncomfortability she has, at least she knows you adore her and you have lovingness and you're sensitive with her. So that is a good sign, at least. Yeah, but I, really, I really like her. but um, You really got to start communicating with her. You got to have some conversations with her. Yeah, I tried to, but she doesn't really, she's, she doesn't really, I mean, she, I guess after we have sex, she talks a lot like about her life, about her past, about her childhood. But, but before the sex, she's like, she, she's like, Hey, I don't have anything to say. So I can tell a difference between and after sex. Sure. Of course. Um, it's, so, yeah, it's, so, so just by that, by that situation, that is already showing you that that having sex is opening her to some place. Yeah. Because she starts to become more expressive and, and warmer and more open with you. Yeah. So I know this is, and I'm, the question I'm going to ask is a question for me, but what do you think I should do? Like, should I try to open her up emotionally myself or should I just give her some time and maybe go live my own life and forget about her? Well, to talk a little bit deeper to the situation, she wants to go there with you. You see, every woman wants to go there. All that matters is that, are you safe enough for her to go there? Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty insecure about her not liking me that much. It makes me insecure. And I think that's something I need to work on. Of course. Like I don't. <laughs> we yeah. spoke about this on the last on the last call i think that we did yeah about unrequited love that i need to be able to give her and not really expect anything back mm -hmm. and that's difficult for me because i feel like when i give so much and don't get anything back i don't get i guess my ego or something feels hurt well and also you feel drained yeah because you're sending your energy out but there's nothing coming back exactly and if you engage in sex that way eventually you, you'll come to a place of actually resenting her. Yeah, I can feel that sometimes that I, I, I just feel like, oh, I don't, I never want to meet her again. Mm -hmm. But then I feel, because when we have sex, then she's extremely loving and she's touching me and she's being, it's like two different persons almost. Yeah. So I don't really know what to do. <laughs> well, this is where your own integrity and your own boundaries really need to be quite firm unestablished so you know the difference between being there and standing there with someone in a way where you have beautiful intentions and you want to see it through with her or you want to experience her moving or opening to some place or developing together in a, in a relating in some way but then you also need to know when to kind of call it quits when it's just not moving anywhere and when she's continuously almost using and drawing from you, but not opening and, and bringing back to you what it is that, that you're bringing to her, basically. Yeah. But I can never tell you or nobody can really tell you when to cut it. That's totally up to just you and, you know, your, your intuition and your ability to listen to and trust when your spirit is like, okay, Jesper, this isn't helping us now, it's hurting us. 
that's something that you're going to have to have your own clarity in. Yeah. But again, communicate. Just openly communicate. Even if she doesn't communicate back with you, just continuously be there as an open source of authentic communication because she will start to open more and more into that the more that she realizes it's a safe space. One of the big reasons why why a woman is so guarded like that is because she's just afraid of being hurt. She's afraid that if she allows herself to really, really, really love you or really be in lovingness with you, and then you choose to get up and leave, she assumes that you'll take all that love with you, and then she'll be left empty. Yeah. This is just this, the conditioning that has been put into, into our women and our men. It's that our love is dependent on the other person or on somebody else or another situation. So as you be with her, you know, as a man, you need to be continuously bringing clarity to her. Yeah. And clarifying all these forms of conditioning that are keeping her guarded when she doesn't want to be guarded. God, that's so true. Because I don't really have the balls to tell her how much I like you, her. <laughs> no, come on, man. You like me. I know this. This is your second interview. <laughs> how much I like her. Because I don't think going to be afraid of that and be like, oh, he likes me now. He's going to think that... Yes, I'm- because she's afraid of her nature. She's afraid of love. She's had to hyper-masculinize herself so much that now she has sex. She comes to you as a man to have sex like a man. That's true. She doesn't want to be here in her femininity, in her heart, in her love. Damn. She's afraid of it. She's terrified of it. So you need to start bringing that back to her by you being in a lot of that femininity inside of yourself. I love but, femininity. But while you're grounded, while you're still being there as a man, not that you lose yourself to it, but you got to tell her, see, you're afraid to communicate your level of inspiration because of her. You're afraid to tell her, whoa, sweetheart, you move me so much. You're so beautiful to me. I, I care and adore you so deeply, but I don't need you. Oh, damn. That's the thing. I, I feel like I need, need her when I'm, at least when I'm with her, I feel like, oh, I need her. And because if and I wouldn't she feel that, yeah, she feels and she's afraid of getting caught. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly how it is. So that's, I mean, if I would just feel unconditional love with, for her, which I do, but I also no, feel that I'm afraid of it. Yeah. And if the needy part would, would come out, I think, I think she would blossom and she would open up to me, but she can feel that neediness that you just said. So that's why I always talk about the man. You've got to communicate authentically. And does that neediness kind of disappear when you communicate authentically? Of course, because you get bigger. You're only needy because you're afraid of all the things inside of yourself (laughs) that make you have power. So when you're not engaging with your power, you're going to be lacking, which means you're going to be attempting to pull life from other things around you. So like when you're trying to not show her how much you like her, you're actually, that makes you more needy than telling her how much you like her. Of course. Then you're not being like, oh my God. Because those are only the actions of somebody who is lacking love. Damn, dude. <clears throat> Sick. Wow. Healthy. 
Beautiful. Oh, that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm going to talk about something that's not that personal because that was really personal. <laughs> it was pretty personal, but I'm sure it gave for some, some uh, helpful listening. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Anyways, <laughs> let's, let's move on to, to a bigger question. Bigger? Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, this is the thing. You talk about, you know, feeling the spirits of yourself. Um, uh, and uh, if, if it would be very scientific, you would say that life is just the stimulation of the brain, you know? So I'm just... Well, I wouldn't say that, but... You wouldn't okay. say that, but I guess most people would. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just thinking, like, the spirit. I don't really... I can, I, sometimes I'm like, oh, I can feel it. I really feel what it is. But then I'm just like, oh, it's probably just the placebo effect. I'm just, it's my mind tricking me into thinking I have a spirit. How do you really know when you, when you have a w- word spirit is or what it is? <laughs> do your fucking work, man. <laughs> Tell me, Chris, how do I know when I have my spirit? <laughs> and I, I don't say that to berate you, but I say that to, to let you know that this is this is how everyone wants to approach their spiritual process in our current modern day. They want definiteness right now of exactly what they need to do to feel exactly what it is that they are trying to believe in. It doesn't work like that. You've always been feeling it. You've just been busying yourself. You've been distracting yourself. It's always there. You are spirit. You're talking to me right now. That spirit. If your spirit leaves your body, you're no longer there to speak to me anymore. But when, what about when you get like a when you get like a personality disorder or something? When something in the brain you hit the brain and you become a different person or something? Is that? Well, see, a lot of this comes into comes into different forms of energetic influence an energetic possession and also depending on what a person's done it can come from drug taking people can open higher parts of their energetic matrix that were not intended to be opened right now based on their own spiritual development that's where when someone takes a lot of psychedelics or even just a lot of drugs that it can go to places where the person doesn't have enough grounding to stabilize that. So it knocks the person's circuit totally off balance. I don't personally relate to mental health issues, schizophrenia, all these things. I don't relate to that very scientifically in any I mean, I don't relate to most things in that way. But it's especially things of the spirit, of the mind, where I've seen it. This is the thing also, like everything I speak about, I'm only going to speak and give my opinion on things that I have experienced. And I've worked with thousands of people over the last, you know, almost 10 years at this point from when I began my 
my acupuncture clinic and my qigong practice with people i've seen so many different forms of mental illness and different forms of possession or schizophrenia depression anxiety and it's always so much more simple in terms of the reasoning behind it obviously to correct the issue it can be incredibly challenging and incredibly difficult depending how far in one direction it's gone but for the most part i'm relating to it totally from the spiritual aspect mm. right down to someone consuming alcohol that's a possession but then you can also talk about the influence of alcohol on the brain matter on the physicality you can talk about you know the effect that it has on the hormones on the motor skills where it shuts down in the brain where it activates in the brain and that's all perfectly well and good but that's the physical level mm. what is the substance that is the alcohol underneath the physicality of it everything is energy everything has an energetic frequency everything is vibrating everything comes from a specific frequency so science is very much on the physical aspect of everything now if i just work with the physical i couldn't do the work that i do from distance and i couldn't do it in person either because <laughs> i see people who try to do this work physically and they're pushing and twisting and squeezing and and really going into the body and it's much more superficial the results because when you start engaging with the energetics the subtle the spiritual the etheric body that's where the physical body's health stems from so i always want to go to the root and once you get past the etheric body then you can go into the person's consciousness and you can realize the consciousness is where the etheric body emits from Mm. and that will tie into the health and this isn't coming from books i've read this is just coming from my own experimentation of what i've seen laying in front of me and the development of it so i'm you know i'm not really here to debate with somebody about that or or anything like that i'm only giving my feedback on on my experience but when people get put on things like antipsychotics and depression medication and anti-anxiety medication you know it brings it in in a totally other direction yeah it's interesting and it's endless <laughs> yeah you know i in no way know everything about anything but i do know enough in certain areas to 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 really see where the benefit is and where the the trauma is being exaggerated from or where the trauma is being fed where the damage is being further committed yeah you're a wise man not really i think not so really no life life is incredibly wise life is really intelligent i'm just very i just i stalk it 
I'm just very attentive to it. That's all. Life, life is deeply wise. I just like to watch it as closely as I possibly can in every way I can. But it's always showing us everything. It's just depending on how deeply you can cut off your own distraction to actually begin to interface with the intelligence of it. Went off the deep end in that one. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to continue, but yeah, I thought that was great. So, yeah, this is another question I have, <clears throat> um, which I think is a very good one, actually. If I am... If I'm feeling lonely, um, how long should I sit in that feeling of loneliness and just feel it? And when should I take action and maybe call someone and do something about it? What does loneliness feel like? Well, I would say it feels like loneliness. <laughs> no, no, that's the word. What does it feel like? Describe it for me. Uh, like a lack of... Um, Again, what does it feel like? You're, you're giving me the story of it. What sure. does it feel like in your body? What does it do to your body? Um, I guess that what it does to my body. It brings it down, makes it unmotivated and sad. More depressed. stories. What does it feel like? <laughs> Can you give me an example of what you mean by feel like? <laughs> well, is it hot? Is it cold? Mm-hmm. What color is it? <laughs> what way does it move? Where does it sit in your body? How long does it sit there for? What does it do to your breath? What does it do to your shoulders? What does it do to your hips? What does it do to your legs? How is it engaging with your body, with the rest of your beings? Because otherwise what you're telling me won't make any sense to me because you're just telling me a story of something that you labeled, that your mind decided, oh, this is loneliness. Now let me feed this feeling with more thoughts of being lonely and how much it sucks. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm just any feeling. Like when, okay, well, I don't really know. How to, now I kind of know what to do when you said that. That's why I said it. <laughs> The, the lesson was in the, was in the question. <laughs> Nothing is anything. It's not loneliness. You just feel something. But because yeah. you're not willing to go fully into the apex and right down and out into the edges of what you feel to explore it fully, you'll always be calling it something you don't even understand. Someone will come to me and say, Chris, I've got all these problems, and they'll tell me their problems, and I'll say... You know, I'll ask them something deeper on it. It's like, where is it? And suddenly they have to start going into something and someone might tell me that they're dealing with huge amounts of anger and then they're laying on the couch and I'm doing energy work and all of a sudden they start laughing intensely for 30 minutes. And then they realize that it wasn't anger at all. It was just trapped energy that was stuck around the heart area. Because they weren't expressing their joy. They were afraid to express their joy in case they were seen as being too much in the room. Man. <laughs> we, we, we allow our minds to create all these stories about what's going on for us when very rarely is it ever real. Because yeah. as soon as you think you know it all, because that's what the mind does. The mind's like, oh, I know. Yes, yeah. that's loneliness, man. I know that. And you're like, okay. 
And you just assume his loneliness. That's just a fucking word. Yeah. Do your exploration work because the soon as you meet it, it will stop being everything you once thought it was. Now it's just a physical feeling moving through you and you're going to start learning how to breathe into that area, how to lay down with it, how to walk around with it, how to bring it with you. But most importantly, how to not disacknowledge it, how to not tighten up around it and how to fully accept it. Yeah. <clears throat> There's deep bliss in some of the most horrific feelings that you could possibly think of right now. Cool. So I hope that maybe gave a bit more clarity from a different perspective. Yeah, I feel very light and uh, laugh, laughy. I know it's a word for that. Like when you feel like you want to laugh. But like you have to engage with it. You, you know, you actually have to do this in your life with yourself. Just like when someone thinks they're hungry, so they eat up a bunch of food. When they weren't actually hungry, their body wasn't hungry. They were just dealing with an emotion in the pit of their stomach that was hot, that was very active. Because of how they were feeling about a certain engagement they had with somebody earlier on in that day that turned their stomach a little bit or made them call themselves sad or made them call themselves anxious. Wow. <clears throat> the body knows everything. We just need to be patient with it and we need to give it full priority over everything. I have a little skeptical question about that. Go for it. Um, if you have had like a serious illness or accident where, where you have trouble feeling your body, like if you get paralyzed or get some, some serious disease in the body that, or where you are not able to even feel your body, mm -hmm. how, how does that work? Are you just going to feel the parts you can feel or is it? Well, are you, you, you can begin to. And so I can't speak from a place of full body paralysis or paralysis. But I, you know, I've met quite a few people and I've done sessions with quite a few people who've had a limb amputated or a part of their body amputated. And I can engage with the hand or the foot or the leg or the knee that isn't there anymore from an energetic standpoint. Or the person in their daily life has an itchy knee and they can't scratch it. The energetic body lasts a lot longer than the physical body. But of course, if you don't continue to, to nurture it and visit that part, then it will obviously get number and number and number. But as long as you're being here, you have your energetic field, regardless of your physicality. So even if you're um, born like without, uh, with a very weird body, it's not a weird body. <laughs> yeah. <I wasn't> <laughs> 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 no, we, we can't feel your. You got to censor some of this. <laughs> I don't think the PC folk would like half of this discussion. Yeah, what do you mean by a weird? Body? I don't mean a weird body. It's looking weird. I mean the being. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I, I'm. You made me. Um, 
feel everything feels very light right now. I, I can't really take anything seriously. So maybe I should ask you a question about seriousness. Um, <laughs> I've heard you talk about that sometime. But, but you seem like a pretty serious dude uh, in yeah, many cases. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that. Um, um, like, maybe you can elaborate on that if you feel for it like it. I'm very, I'm very passionate. I'm very definite on what it is that I'm doing in my life and what needs to be brought forth in order to help and to serve specific individuals and the greater collective. You see, madness needs to be, I don't want to say attacked, but madness needs to be confronted with a specific frequency. But that is not (laughs) the way that I live my life. But when someone comes to me for a call or they're dealing with, with internal issues, I need to confront things in them in a way that will bring them up to the surface. But as soon as I hang up the call or, or I'm not doing that specific intention anymore, I'm totally lighthearted. I'm totally in a state of play the majority of the time. It's a side of me, I guess, that people don't really get to see if they only come to me for an hour session or they watch one video here or they read my articles. So I do want to state, now that you brought it up, that life should be a, a life should be a play, a song, a dance. Like you can't take any of this seriously, but you must engage definitely with all the places in you that are stopping you from having a life. I die for that. And I feel that everyone needs to confront the things that are the most uncomfortable and the most sensitive. We need to speak about these things. So knowing that you have so many different facets internally within yourself that you can engage with, that you can pull to, to, the, to the forefront when and how you choose to, that is a beautiful part and a beautiful thing to be able to engage with within yourself. Mm. Yeah. This, um, this conversation has been amazing, for me at least. I feel like I'm a little bit high almost, <clears throat> which is cool. It's nice nice the energy. That's nice yeah. the energy. It's the so energy. beautiful. It's so powerful. It is. Yeah. And I feel, I don't know, I have more questions, but I just, I don't know. Do you want to talk more or do you feel? Hmm. I feel like the energy's dropped out now, so the call is definitely done. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, uh, I don't have any more questions or any, I just feel. Uh, Anything I ask, you're drunk right now. I know what to do. It's it's cool. I don't need you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You you've given me what I wanted, Chris. Yeah, just get the hell out of here. Honestly, (laughs) thank you so much. I I hope other people also can find this beneficial because I I think it's so beautiful and and absolutely amazing everything you do and yeah, thank you. And thank you for coming on again and wanting to do this. You've been the first podcast after quite a while. Um, but I knew that you, you know, it's, it's always very straightforward with you. So I was more than happy to jump on and again, offer the, the extension to 
to anybody, men or women. I'd like to balance it up right now. I'd like a bit more women to come in and to ask some questions or maybe get into some form of discussion. So if you're listening, um, what people tend to not notice a lot of the time is most of the work that I'm doing right now in person and just within the, the private work that I do is with women. So I really adore for you beautiful women to start stepping up and, and coming into this platform with me and, and having a different form of conversation because the type of engagement that I'm going to have with a man is always going to be to- totally, totally different. So thank you so much, Jesper. I appreciate you coming on and asking some good questions. And I, I feel like we probably covered some decent things. I can't yeah. remember any of it, but... All right, well, have a, have a good night. And I'll speak to you soon. Thanks.